Ladies and gentlemen, you have probably heard me say in the past that I don't record the episodes for the show in order, and as such, sometimes things change. You may notice in this episode that I say in a few episodes' time we'll be interviewing JT Fox, and for those of you that have been paying attention, you may also realise that that was last week's episode, so it's already happened. Please excuse that in the show. We chose to do it in a different order because I felt like it would have more impact for you as you listen through the show. That being said, please enjoy this conversation about self-development with Simon Payne, my fabulous business partner, and I. The self-development industry is worth $12 billion a year. People are spending huge amounts of money on courses, books, CD sets and training courses to improve themselves and improve their life conditions. But does it actually work? The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. I am Alan Donegan and I've got with me today... Simon Payne. Yes, I'm here, Alan. I know you were excited to see me today. (laughs) It wasn't supposed to be funny. (laughs) Yes, I've spent all day dreaming of this moment. Yes, you have. And that's why I'm your business partner. I understand it. I get it. Lots of people think about me all day. I do get it. Don't worry. There's a long list. I'm bringing this back on track immediately. Uh, I can't believe how quickly we got off track. This episode is about self-development, Simon, and it's about that journey to improve oneself, to master skills and to grow. And we both have some pretty strong opinions on self-development, but it's kind of a big industry out there and it's a big subject. So how would you describe the self-development industry? Mixed. I think I had to sum it up in one word. I'd say mixed. I bet you'd say the same. You know, both of us have had some phenomenal life changing experiences. Some of it comes from the passage of text in a book. Some of it might come from a course. But equally, I know that we've sat in the room. Sometimes it's been the same room where you feel like you're wasting your time. You feel like someone's trying to sell something to you that you neither want nor need. And I think there are some real mixed bag of experiences out there. I don't know. What do you think? I would completely agree, but I would have to say that I would not be where I am today without the self-development industry. Without the books, the CD sets and the courses, I would not be financially independent. I would not be a business owner and I would not be working around the world helping people start up. Everything I've got has been built on the shoulders of the giants that have come before me. I absolutely love that. And I think just to add to your list that you know the coaching that I've experienced over the years again has been a mixed bag I've worked with a few coaches over the years but you know equally as you've described the courses and the books and so on equally some of those moments in coaching sessions of breakthroughs and um, insights and I guess most importantly which I know we'll get into this the, the action that you take as a result of being exposed to some of the self-development stuff that's out there in whatever form it takes that's the key bit. And I think I remember going into a coaching session looking for the golden bullet, looking for the, the insight or the, the question that I get asked or the tool or the process to go through that was going to give me the answers. 
and I think what I've learned since then, it, it's not so much about that. It's more about how you apply it. And it's the action that you take as a result of the insights. You've got to do the work. You've got to do the work. And I know we'll get into that too. Well, let's start there because I absolutely agree. There is no golden bullet. There is no get rich quick scheme. So if you're listening to this thinking Alan and Simon are going to recommend a course that's going to get me rich overnight, that does not exist. And if you're online looking at these courses that say, you can earn a million dollars a month by following this process and look at me in my jet and my Lamborghini and buy my course and you can do all this investing and you'll be wealthy, that stuff is a scam. A get rich quick scheme does not exist. There is no way to do it. And if it did... Well, everyone would be following it instantly and it would become irrelevant almost as instantly as it became successful. So it doesn't exist, just doesn't exist. But that is how this industry packages and sells it, which is why it's become scammy, because they're trying to get people to buy into a repeatable system that will generate X income or X result in your life. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, the process that people go through when they're going through self-development stuff that's the bit where the real magic is. I remember someone said to me once that if it looks like it's too good to be true, then it probably is. And, you know, when you dive in behind some of these scammy bits of marketing and so on, you go, wow, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? And then I always go, which is why it's not true. And you know that that person has built their business on selling this scammy message to, you know, unsuspecting people that are sucked in with that promise of a better life. You just follow this incredibly repeatable system and life is going to be infinitely more wonderful within about 10 days. Whereas you and I well know, and we've been on this journey together for 12 years and both of us started our journeys before that and, you know, in different places. And it, it's not a get rich quick for sure. But that's what I was going to ask you, Alan, because we chatted about this the other day. Where did it all begin for you? I think I know the answer, but I'm not sure. Where did self-development begin for you? Self-development began for me when I left the family business. You don't want to be in the family business when the family is getting divorced. It's not a good place to be. So I left my job. My home life was crashing. And I went to see my girlfriend and said, fancy coming to Brazil with me. Like, let's go traveling. And she said, actually, Alan, no, I don't. I don't love you. So uh, the three major areas of my life collapsed. And I decided to flee to Brazil to sit on Copacabana Beach and lick my wounds. And as I was leaving, Matvey Mihailovich Ananin, like, thank you, Matt, for doing this, gave me a book. And it was Notes from a Friend by Tony Robbins. First thing I'd ever read. I didn't even know this was a category of book before then. And he gave me this book. And I remember sitting on the beach reading it. And it changed my world. Like those simple principles just didn't exist in my head before that book. And that book led to another book, led to another book, led to a lifelong studying. But that was the genesis. Someone giving me a book and saying, you need to read this. See, that in itself is quite unusual. In my experience of UK culture, and I think it's different, you know, in different cultures for sure. I mean, some of the events that we've been to, you know, the event is in London, the room is full of people, but actually the percentage of English people or British people in the room is actually very low. People have traveled all over the world for some of the stuff that we've been to, which is fascinating in itself. What do you think about, you know, sort of attitudes to self-development? Because I was, I was chatting to Henry, who works for us earlier on, and Henry was saying about, I'm not broken. Like people think that I'm broken. That's why I need to do self-development. Like what's your thoughts on 
people's attitudes to this thing about about betterment you know about making yourself the best version of yourself that you can be well if you think i'm not broken i never want to do self-development well there's a word for that and it's an idiot like that's just ridiculous and i remember running a course many years ago and i got there and it was about presenting and it was for one of the major banks and this bank manager said to me right at the start i said what are you trying to get out of this course And he said, well, I just want you to tell me that what I'm doing is already good because I think I'm very good at this stuff. And he didn't have an open mindset. He didn't want to learn. He didn't think there was any value. And I spent the next three hours delivering that course, ripping to pieces everything he thought was correct about presenting and showing him different ways to doing it. And at the end, there was a very sheepish, yeah, I've got some stuff I can improve on here. But there's a (laughs) British culture, which I hate, of education stops at school, I've learnt, and now I just need to do my thing. And it's not about being broken. It's about, can you get 10% better? Can you improve your skills here? Is there something that you can learn that will improve your life? And if you're so arrogant, you think there's nothing left for you to learn, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And I think that's one of the things I would challenge is... I believe the ability to keep learning is what makes you successful in life. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you here. And I think I've learned this and relearned this several times over the last few years, where I think I can map my bank balance, both personally and professionally, to when I'm listening to podcasts and when I'm reading books, going on courses, experience coaching. You know, we're a product of our environment, aren't we? And we've got these incredible tools and resources around us to change that environment and fill our heads with new ideas, new information. And that's what sparks the new stuff. And I think if I go back to when I first started in business, my first business project in 2003, I'm still waiting for the Ferrari and the yacht to turn up, by the way, from that, because that's what I thought business was all about. It's not coming, Simon. I hate to burst your (laughs) bubble. I keep looking at my watch, Alan. It's not, I keep looking out over the balcony. It's not here yet. You know, if I look back on that time, I thought, genuinely thought and believed that because I'm smart, um, you might have a different view, but I think I'm relatively smart. Because I'm smart, I've got a bunch of ideas. I'm willing to work really, really hard. I've got a history in my, my life of achieving stuff. I've got all of the ingredients that it takes to be successful. And the lesson that I've kept learning and relearning, especially in recent years, is that I'm not even in the game. I'm not even in the running, <laughs> if that's my attitude. Because, you know, it's when I, when I listen to a podcast or I read a book from someone that's put all of their life's work. I mean, what a fantastic resource that is. I put all of my life's experiences into one book and I'm here you are, you can buy it and you can read it and learn from me. You know, it's when I'm diving into this stuff, that's when I realize actually, well, you don't know what you don't know. And suddenly this whole new level opens up. And I think, you know, just when you thought you're at the top of your game and you're doing really well, there's a doorway that opens and then you meet somebody you know, like Sean Jenkins that you've had on the podcast is a classic example. I often think of Sean with this and I think like we're doing pretty well. We're at the top of our game. And then you meet this guy and you go, oh, there's another level and another level and another level too. Yeah, we're not even in the same league, Simon. We're not even like we might as well be playing different games. <laughs> we really might. I know. And that's the, that's the bit, though, because if you think you've got the skills, knowledge, experience, mindset, attitude, an environment to be successful, then you've already lost the game. And it's that constant attitude to learning. It's that sort of eternal 
view that, you know, you just need to keep this stuff churning over and, and whatever that means for you. And I think, you know, that, that's where my head's at on this stuff. Well, I think building on what you've said, there's something actually, this is where the self-development and industry can go wrong. I'm going to make a 90s reference now, Simon, in the hope that people actually get it. That first book for me was a Matrix moment. And at the start of the Matrix movie, Neo plugs into the Matrix. He starts to learn. He comes up and he goes, I know Kung Fu. And he has compressed decades of learning into a split second. And a book takes decades of someone else's learning and distills it into the key facts, key information, if it's a good book, and gives it to you. And I think the danger with the self-development world is if you pick the right content to start with, you will have a matrix moment and you will be hungry for knowledge ever forth. That's what happened to me. At a matrix, mind-blowing moment was like, feed me everything. Plug me back in. Never unplug me. Wow. But I think if you go to the wrong course read the wrong book, have the wrong teacher. I mean, you know, you have teachers at school. Some of them will inspire you. Some of them will make you never, ever want to learn geography ever again. And it depends on the teacher. And I think the self-development industry can have that impact sometimes. Did you ever have a matrix moment where this opened up for you? And if so, what was it? Yeah, I think I've had quite a few actually over the years and some of them before we met and some of them I've shared with you, as you know. And I think the very first moment I knew that there was a different uh, way of thinking out there, I found a secondhand book on the bookshelf of my stepdad. He'd been to a car boot sale, moved into a new place and bought a box load of random books just to have books, you know, for decor and, you know, with no real intention of reading them, I don't think. It was genius. Yeah. And one of the books fascinated me. It was a blue color and it it almost looked like it might be a book about meditation or calm or something like that. It was by a, an American guy called Ben Sweetland. I think I was about 14 or 15 years old, something like that. And the book was called Get Rich While You Sleep. Now, as a 14, 15 year old, I thought, this is genius. This is exactly <laughs> the book that I need. Up until that moment, I'd been reading, you know, Jeffrey Archer novels and a bit of J.R. Tolkien. But here was a book that wasn't a story. It was information. I thought, this is absolutely wonderful. So I started reading this book and it was it felt a little bit hocus pocusy, a little bit spiritual, a little bit out there for me. And I think as a 14 year old, I wasn't quite open to that sort of stuff then. But as I read it, I, there were some nuggets in there and it did have a feeling of obviously, you know, Think and Grow Rich is something that I've read twice in recent times, never mind my whole life. And it did have a bit of that in it. And I think that was a moment of realization that there is some information out there that you might not actually know about and neither do your friends or family. The next one, I mean, I think, I think I was always relentlessly developing professionally. I always wanted to go on the next course, read the next book, level up, find the next you know, member of my peer group or hang out with my boss so that I could learn from them. I was always developing professionally, but I wasn't developing personally in the same way. And then I, I think the next one that strikes me was probably round about 2008 and I read four hour work week. And I think my memory serves me correctly. I think I told you to read it on our first ever coffee meeting. And I said, you've got to read this book. It's right up your street. It's blown me away. I think that Ferris book was the catalyst for a lot of our early conversations. It really was. I mean, if you are listening to this podcast and you have not read the four hour work week, there are some nuggets of information in there that will blow your mind. 
and are incredible. And whilst Simon and I have never been able to replicate his four-hour work week, we work really hard because we love it. And we've never built a muse as he was defining it. The content and the ideas have had a profound impact on our direction and our life and our thinking over the years. Yeah, completely. And some of the ideas in there, they just spark great conversations. And I think looking back, you go, that was just one book. That was just one book. <laughs> that was just one book. And I know both of us read, read a lot, but um, I think it was actually you, Alan, that, I mean, you always had this ability to do things and experience things that are considered by most normal people as a bit odd. And, you know, before veganism was a thing, you and Katie were doing the vegan thing, just as an example. But I think it was you that took me to an event and we were kind of going, let's go along to this event and learn some stuff that will help us help other people. But actually in doing so, I got so much from that personally that I think that was probably one of the biggest turning points in my 30s. Was it 30s or was it late 30s, early 40s? I don't know. I've lost track. You know, that thing when the numbers start getting too big, that's where I'm at now. But anyway, whenever that was, probably, wait, wait a minute, yeah, it must have been 2015, 2016, something like that. That event was a life-changing event that weekend. Do you remember the one that I'm talking about? I do, I do. And before we go into recommendations for event, so Simon and I actually are planning a series of podcasts on self-development. This is the first one, which is all about self-development. And the next part of the conversation will be about the different types. Episode two is going to be on about specific recommendations and our experiences and where we've actually spent a lot of money because we've been on the Tony Robbins, the T. Harveckers, the NLP courses, the success resources. We've done all of them and we're going to be reviewing the different ones and what we got out of them. Episode three, we have JT Fox, who is the world's number one wealth coach currently. And he'll be talking all about the industry and his experiences of being at the top of it. And then episode four will be practical applications. So we'll go through each of the main areas of life, finance, career, business, relationships, identity, and we'll show you how to apply self-development to those different areas with recommendations. But before we do that, what are the main ways you can take in self-development, Simon? What are the different categories within self-development? I think you've got to think, how do you consume the information best? You know, what do you actually enjoy doing? What makes you go, I really want to do that rather than it feel like a chore? So for example, I keep putting books in front of my lad and I go, you've got to read this book. I've even started choosing books that are in his area. Like he's fascinated by trainers. He's into flipping sneakers. And I bought him a copy of Shoe Dog and said, you've got to read that book. And he started reading it, but it didn't really grab him and so on. However, if I put some TikTok videos, some short YouTube videos in front of him, that's how he wants to consume that information. So we've got this incredible advantage now, of course, that we can take the information however we want. We can take it in 30-second sound bites. We can take it in memes. We can take it in podcasts or whatever it is. Um, and I think it's on a sliding scale for me of, you know, there's so much free stuff out there. And some of the Instagram accounts that I follow are absolutely phenomenal. And right before we had this call, Alan, I, I showed you the Lamborghini one that uh, it just struck me. Whatever you can do to fill your head with information, inspiration and practical help to create a better version of you in a format that excites you. And I think the risk is, and I've done this, the risk is that when you get busy, 
you don't always take that proactive action to listen to the podcast, to watch the videos, to do the courses and so on, because life kind of overtakes. And I get very frustrated with that, that everything's so busy that I lose some of my self-development momentum. Alan, you've been really good at this. And I'm wondering, like over the last few months and during the lockdown period and beyond, how have your habits changed in relation to how you consume stuff? Are you reading? Because you always used to stick podcasts on in the car. But since you've been financially independent, you're driving a lot less. I mean, you even sold the damn car because I saw your Facebook <laughs> post. How do you consume your podcasts? Are you doing that now or do you, or do you choose a different method? So I think you go through different phases in life. I think there's two main phases, consumption and creation. And I flip between the two. And when I was starting the business, I was in consumption. Give me every business book. Give me every marketing book. Give me every sales book. Send me on every course. And I was consuming. And then there actually was a, a couple of year period in the middle where my consumption of that stuff went down and I was creating the business. There's almost this input of information and then there's the output. And it happened actually with financial independence as well. There was a five-year period where I read every book, went on every course. We flew to Ecuador to go to Chautauqua, flew to Longmont to meet Mr. Money Mustache. We read every single book, listened to all the podcasts, Choose Our Fire is amazing. And I learned all I could about financial independence. Then we hit the number and I was like, well, okay, I've done that now. And I've stopped consuming as much about financial independence. And then the next area comes up and you go relationships. And I think there's a consume and then create and it goes in phases for me. The one thing I do like to do is make sure I get on at least one, two or three self-development courses a year. Because, yeah, even if you're going through a period of creation, you still need inspiration and energy and condensed ideas. They're incredibly valuable. But I think it depends what you are looking to achieve and how much you do it. And I've got a question for you. I'll make my comment and then ask the question. Paid content versus free content. I'm actually a fan of paid content because the paid stuff, they've quite often had to really refine down to the key messages. Whereas the free stuff, they put out loads of free stuff and there'll be a couple of nuggets in there. But am I willing to spend my time listening to 500 podcast episodes to get the one or two nuggets? Or do I want to pay to go on a course where they've spent a long time refining it? What's your opinion on free versus paid having done both and spent a lot of our company money on it as well? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a really, really good question. In fact, I've been through this process, this thought process recently. I think there is an element of content that's either free or very, very cheap. You know, for example, you could buy a book or you could listen to a podcast and then you could make some notes and then you could take some action. I think the advantage of the free stuff is that you can test your commitment levels to doing the work, to making it happen. And I know that there is a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? Because if you pay some money, then you think you've got a higher commitment level to see through and deliver on the action that you need to take in order to, to do whatever it is that, that you want to do. You're going to do it. If you've paid, you're going to show up and do it. If you're paid, you're going to... Mind you, the number of people who pay for a book and never read it is phenomenal. But there and is a level, point. if you've paid 10 grand for a course, you're going to turn up and do it. Even so, I think there is a challenge there that 
you expect that the course or the book or the, whatever it is you're, you're spending money on or the coach is going to deliver the results for you that you want. Whereas actually, if you can't listen to a podcast or read a book and then take the action that you need to take from that, like to me, that's almost like a, it's like a gateway. It's like a, mm. you know, let's just test yourself here. Do you have the commitment levels to get the results that you want? And if you can't do it off of a, of a free or a very low cost entry point, then that to me says that you're not prepared to do the work. If you spent the 10 grand, you're not going to step into that space. So I think I do get what you mean. I think it's a bit of both and it does depend on where you're at and what you actually want. My starting point with this stuff is always, what do you really want? And if you don't know the answer to that question, then there's a bunch of you know, research and searching and hanging out with other people that, that you might consider are a few steps ahead in the game. To answer the question, what do you really want to happen? Knowing that the answer to that question is going to change because you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and as soon as you start out on this journey, you might go, okay, so I've now learned some stuff and I've developed myself in order to deliver the results of what I thought I wanted. But now that I've actually taken those steps, I don't really want that. I actually want something else. And now I've got a whole bunch of other barriers and challenges to take on. But I'm sort of going, there is so much free stuff out there. There is so much. And yes, it's of differing quality, but so is the paid stuff. And if you can't take in a podcast or read a book and take some action, then chances are you're not going to take the steps that you need to take if you're going to spend a lot of money. And I think it's a bit of both for me. Yes, because actually, let's just take a subcategory of personal development and take financial independence or finances. Everything you need to know about financial independence is free. Choose FI's podcast is phenomenal. Choose financial independence. Like, If you're interested in finance, listen to that. JL Collins's blog, incredible. Millennial Revolution's blog, Mr. Money Mustache. The Mad Scientist podcast, free. Everything you need to know about financial independence is free to you and available now. So why don't people do it? That's the point, isn't it? There is no golden bullet. <laughs> You've actually got to do the work. You've got to do the work, which is inspiring and empowering and slight depressing in equal measure. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how old you are as to how depressing it is at that point in that subject. That's a very, very good point. Don't start bashing the over 40s, Alan. Hey, I'm over 40 now as well. I just look young, Simon. <laughs> Whatever you want to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? I can it's swear over podcast. video and no one knows. <laughs> oh dear. Right, so... Uh, yeah, what were we talking about? I've got um, no idea. The material oh, I know what it was. is free, and I think that's actually quite interesting. I went, uh, we went to see Gary Vaynerchuk present in Birmingham, and there was I don't know three, four thousand people there, and he started his talk with "Why are you here?" and he looked out at this huge audience, goes, "Why are you here?" No, I'm serious. Why are you here? All of my content's free. It's all online. You should not need this stuff. And it's fascinating. Like Gary Vaynerchuk has been putting out content about how to use social media successfully, build businesses for, I think, a decade now. And it's all free. And it's phenomenal. Like one of his most recent ones was a 45 minute. Here's how you can create a strategy for marketing on social media for 2020, completely free. And sometimes the answer is not more content, it's more application. And I think I might have even said this to you in the nicest possible way, Simon. 
stop thinking and start doing. I do like a good think, though, Alan. I know you do. Stop it. Uh, (laughs) Do you know what? I think the thing that you've just struck, if I put my coach's hat on for a second, the thing that you just struck on me for me is absolutely key. All of the information is out there. It's completely out there in so many different formats, in so many different channels for free, whether it's books, podcasts, coaches, networking groups, training courses, virtual training courses. It's all out there. So the thing that self-development could and should be delivering is helping you get to the reason why you are not taking that action, what those blockers are, and smashing them out of the way and dealing with them. And I think the self-development journey that I've been on is as much about self-awareness and understanding what's the stuff that I'm doing and saying to myself, what are my thought processes that are preventing me from hitting the next level, taking the next step, and most importantly, taking the action that you need to take in order to accelerate through and get the results that you say you want. And I think sometimes we go through this sort of, it's a bit of an authenticity conundrum where you go, I might really want that, or I might think I want that, but that's not really what I want deep down. But my thought processes are preventing me from saying out loud the stuff that I do really want. So self-development is as much about self-awareness and really understanding what makes you tick and why you're thinking those things and how you're thinking and so on. And I'm picking it and rebuilding it so that you can make a much bigger, better vision and accelerate the process to get there quicker. And I think that that's what this stuff can really deliver for us. So how do you take a bunch of free content on a subject? Pick a subject, pick any subject. Let's start on developing yourself, motivation, beliefs, mindset. That's the subject. Where do you start? How do you find reliable content? And then how do you consume it so that you actually get value out of it and do something about it? Like, run me through that. Well, the first thing that we've got to do is focus because there is so much stuff out there and there's so much stuff going on in our heads. I think we need to do our best to think about, is there a lead domino here? If I dealt with confidence and spent all my time on building my confidence, because that's my best guess of the thing that's holding me back. Or I just don't believe in myself enough. I've got this imposter syndrome. Or you go, I don't think I've got enough knowledge about my subject. Whatever the thing is that you think, if I can solve that problem, it's a lead domino. It has a knock-on effect to everything else. So I think the first step is to go, where does your attention need to go? And you might not get this right first time, and that's okay. The worst case scenario is you're going to learn a whole bunch of stuff about something that's really going to help you. That's like the worst that could happen. you know. So that's the first step for me is picking the subject area. And the second thing, we've got to do some research, haven't we? We've got to jump onto the, the podcast platforms, jump onto Google, look at some reviews. We've got to ask people, is there anyone in my network that's already looked at this issue? Can they give us some recommendations? Because actually, when you ask the question, people do actually want to help. Yes. Don't they? they actually want to help you. Would you start there or would you start somewhere else? No, I would absolutely start there. I also have a strategy. One of my thoughts is you can be the world expert on a subject by reading the top three books on any subject. Like it's not that difficult to know more than 95% of the world. If confidence was your thing, look for the top three best reviewed books on confidence, buy them and start there or watch their YouTube or get them on Audible, or I don't care how you do it, but get the content and then go through them 
And then I think it's the geeky way you learn and then apply these things. And one of the things Katie always says is the thing that sets me apart is I actually do the exercises in the book. So one of the exercises in the four hour work week is to go into a cafe and ask for a discount or to go in a cafe and just lie on the floor. Like that's awkward and uncomfortable, but it puts you outside your comfort zone and I've done it. I think I actually did it in one of our company meetings once where I just lay in the middle of the room. But you do the exercises and I think that's the piece. So I go through, I buy the top three books. I use the highlight tool in Kindle to highlight the exercises, highlight the questions. I copy them out into my notebook. I use OneNote, but use whatever the hell you want. I copy it out and then I go through and answer the questions and do the exercises and actually apply this stuff. And I think that's what sets me apart is the practical application of these things and actually doing the stuff in the books. Yeah. And like you can see it from the people that we've met on the courses and so on. There's one thing to go to an event, sit on a training course, read a book, listen to a podcast, watch videos or whatever, and you consume that stuff. You know what it's like when you go to a training course, you feel really inspired at the time But actually, if we ask you the question in four weeks' time, what are the lessons that you remember the most from that course that you just went on? Most of us will only remember one or two things. And we might reflect, you know, happily on the experience and go, oh, yeah, it was a great course. It made me feel great. But what's the thing that you've actually done differently as a result of it? And I think you're absolutely right. And I've seen your OneNote. It's a bit weird. (laughs) Why, thank you. But that's the stuff that makes the difference. It's the notes that you make. It's the application. You know, James is, from our team is exactly the same. You know, he reads the sales books. He does the negotiation course and applies it immediately and yes, then reflects on his, on his results. Yeah. yeah, it's that bit that's the thing. And I think I've experienced buying training courses and coaching courses for other people. And I'm always slightly hesitant in the sense that are you going to value this if you haven't got your own skin in the game and there's definitely some mixed results here but i think this if part of this thing if if a coach says to you or the course says to you you need to write down your thoughts and feelings every day at the start of the day and at the end of the day they're telling you that for a reason and most people don't do it they never follow through but that's where the magic happens it's in the application so one of the things i'd like to recommend and i'd love you to build on this simon is I actually flicked whilst you spoke to my self-development tab in OneNote and having a look down the books. And it reminded me of an exercise I did that really added value to my life. And I did a gap analysis. And a gap analysis is just a fancy consultant way of saying, where are you now and where do you want to be? And what's the gap in between the two? So I looked at relationships. Where am I now? And where do I want to be? Money. (laughs) This was a few years ago, and you can look actually like we're not too bad, but we're nowhere near where we want to be. And money, where are we now? And where do I want to be? Emotional mastery, physical, where am I now? And I've actually written down my weight, my body fat percentage. It says bit of a belly still, gotta get rid of that. Feeling more energy from running, body is changing, like physical status currently. And then where do I want to be? And I think that exercise, like if I could tell everyone out there to go through the different areas, career and business, where are you now? Do you enjoy your job? Do you enjoy your work? Are you making enough money? Where do you want to be? Then we can start to work out what do we need to do to get between the two? Yeah, I really like that. Two things went through my head then. 
number one, that is really weird doing a gap analysis on your own life. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I don't understand. <laughs> it's not weird. And secondly, there was a rhyme in what you said. There was some unexpected rhyme about the difference between the two. I can't remember what it was now, but that was exciting for me to listen to as well. So I guess the bit that you just triggered was the the old coach's tool. And it's a bit of a cliche, but it's a really powerful one is the wheel of life. And you kind of mm. give yourself a score out of 10 for each of those areas of your life, you know, whether it's health, whether it's, you know, friendships, relationships, career, business, whatever, scoring yourself out of 10. And then you can see a, a really quick visual representation of where you're at. And that's going to give you some clues just by doing that and writing it down and putting pen to paper. There's something about that process that triggers new thoughts and gives you new insights. And those will be the clues as to where your energy and effort needs to go next. You know, which of those areas makes you go, do you know what? I want to deal with that more than anything else. That's the thing that's there. And commit. Don't do it half-heartedly. Dive in. Both feet. Well, I think this is where it comes from. Exactly that. As you look and you go, okay, the biggest gap in my life at the moment from where I am now and where I want to be is finances. Like you say, I am broke. I'm in debt. I'm X but I really want to be wealthy and live a great life. If that's your biggest area, buy the top three books on finance, personal finance, and read them. If it's health, look down right now at your body and tell me where you are. You know, is your body exactly what you want to see beneath your face? Or are there some bits that maybe fold over your clothing where they shouldn't? If that's the case, where do you want to be And let's find the top three books on health, fitness, nutrition, lifestyle that we can read and learn from and implement. And I think that's how you really make self-development work for you. I absolutely love that. And whether it's a book or a podcast or a video, I I remember it wasn't that long ago that I was diving into some of the Mind Valley podcasts. Again, free content, completely available, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, one hour episodes of just fascinating stuff that make you go, wow. And if you're not filling your head with this good stuff, information, inspiration, practical help to address the things that you want to happen, then you're missing the trick here. And it's a process. It's not a do that course, listen to that episode, and then you fixed it. It's an ongoing process. Alan, the stuff that you've learned in your life, you know, if you take finances as an example, you didn't go on the Chautauqua course in Ecuador and went there. I've got the information I need. I don't need to look at that anymore. Actually, it's the opposite. That was the start or perhaps you know, one of the early steps in the journey. But actually, the stuff that has happened since then, you've read the books, you've been on the courses, you've listened to the podcasts, you've proactively found the experts that you can access that was within your budget. And you know, you've had the coaching as well. I mean, you've I think that's that's the bit that's my reflection, that you've not sort of taken an area and done it half-heartedly. You've committed. You've said, <laughs> I went all in. If that's the thing, okay, so if finances is the thing or relationships is the thing that I want to fix, like your sleeves are rolled up and you're, I'm going to consume every piece of content and knowledge and experience and also individual. You know, you've met the people. You've proactively taken the steps to do that. And I think that's the message that alongside this sort of relentless self-development as a process, an ongoing process, an evergreen process, that alongside with going all in and committing to it to get the results that you want. And going all in doesn't necessarily mean spending thousands and thousands of pounds or dollars on this stuff. 
what I mean by that is applying the things that you're learning, however you've received the content. Well, I think I slightly surprised you with that one, didn't I, Simon? Because I'm 41, 42 now, 41 I am. I think I came to you around 36 and said, by 40, I'm going to be financially independent and I'll probably take a step back from the business. And I'm not sure I mentioned it that often. And then I came back to you at 40 and said, right, I've done it. I'm off. And you were a little bit surprised how quick that came round, weren't you? Yes. It happened a lot faster than I thought it would. And I hate your face for it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Because I said I was going to do it and I did it. Uh, Yes, you did. But that's what happens when, uh, when you focus. So what Simon and I would really love you to do is to go away and do this gap analysis, for want of a better term, in the areas of your life of where you are now and where you want to be. And that will be the focus of where we go onwards with this self-development bit. So we're in episode one. What is self-development? How do you do it? And the journey. Episode two, we're actually going to run you through a lot of the courses Simon and I have been on. So we're going to look at the NLP stuff. We're going to look at T. Harv Eker and UPW by Tony Robbins, Success Resources, Christopher Howard, Grant Cardone, and those different people. And we're going to look at what works and what doesn't and really unpack some of the things we've learned that will add value to you listening to this podcast. Episode three will be JT Fox, the wealth coach, uh, the world's number one wealth coach. And it's surprising insights from JT. And episode four, we're actually going to come back to this gap analysis and we're going to examine the different areas of life, finance, career, business, relationships, etc., etc., emotional mastery. And Simon and I are going to work through them with you and work out if we were you and we were starting again, where would we start? How would we approach it and what we would do? And I think you'll notice some real strong themes from that stuff. Simon, is there a closing message for the people on the podcast? My closing thoughts, Alan, are this. You need to start consuming if you're not already. Start consuming on a daily basis, small amounts of information in whatever format best works for you. Make the notes, take the action. I love that, Simon. And I would add, you can learn anything. My friends used to take the mickey out of me. They used to rib me for saying, you can learn anything from a book. And little did they realize, you can. And I went out there and read the books and did it. Like, you can learn anything. You've just got to start. Just start. So please, take the homework. Go out there. Do the gap analysis. Listen to the next few episodes and we will help you on your self-development journey. The whole purpose of Simon and I doing this podcast is to help you get where you want to be. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.